It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Change makers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. When faced with a health challenge, people often spend their time waiting for a miracle to happen. According to today's guest, Dr. Mark Mancola, we have the power to create that miracle. Dr. Mancola contends that developing our superconscious mind and recognizing the divine source that exists within each of us can generate miracles. Dr. Mancola has been a practicing holistic physician for more than three decades. He is the author of the book, The Way of Miracles, Accessing Your Superconsciousness. Welcome, Dr. Mancola. Thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate your invitation. So, Doctor, before we talk about your book, The Way of Miracles, I want to discuss some of your philosophies and teachings regarding our general health and well-being. You've been a holistic physician for more than three decades. In doing this type of work, you practice whole person medicine. Can you explain to our listeners what that means? Well, first of all, a lot of what takes place in the world of medicine nowadays is something that just identifies with the general symptoms that somebody has. In other words, it's driven by symptoms. The, the concept of medicine nowadays is just trying to make the symptoms stop happening. So if somebody has a migraine headache, they just want to give them a medication that deadens the nerve endings and makes the pain stop. If somebody has a problem with their upset stomach, they just put them on alkaloids and just buffer the, the acidity in the stomach. They're not getting to the root of why things are happening. They don't get to the root of the headache. They don't get to the root of the stomach ache. And again, my contention is, the disease is systemic and holistic. We tend to think of healing as holistic, and it is. But I think the perfect holism is actually disease. It's a priori. If then. If I do this, then this is going to happen. If I if I eat too much sugar, then I'm going to actually be feeling lousy tomorrow or something like that. So I think there's so many different a priori concepts that, that bear out the point that disease is holistic. And there's a perfect a priori response. And I think we need to tap into the, the, the different systems, the different the different dominoes that fall when, when disease is trying to manifest, disease is trying to happen. So that's a starting point. And I think our objective with holistic medicine, body, mind, spirit medicine, is to tap into the, to the essence, the source of the problem, the root of the problem, where does it begin, how systemic is it, has it developed, how developed is it in, in not just in body, but how much is it involved in spirit, emotion, mental, mental properties, et cetera, et cetera. So, diagnosing and treating disease, we need to get a lot more tuned into the fact that it's a systemic process, a holistic process. We have to understand how everything inter- interacts and integrates. That's that's the key to, to, to natural healing, in my opinion. Doctor, for me, it, it makes perfect sense because I think our body is a magnificent machine that has the ability to heal when we give it what it needs to get the job done. But do you ever feel like it's an uphill battle? Because I know people who are diabetic, for example, and they'll eat whatever they want, and they say, ah, just go home and give myself an injection. It's like we have this lazy thought process around our health. So how do we combat that? That reminds me of a story a number of years ago. I actually used to go down to a Titleist Golf, and I did corporate consulting for 
Fortune 500 companies for about six, seven years. And one of the companies I worked with actually was Tideless Golf. And so the gentleman that I was working with was a management person, yeah, very interesting guy, nice guy. And he worked hard at trying to take his diet seriously and to take his supplements and eat organic food and did, did a beautiful job taking care of himself. But he worked so hard at it. And he had such serious digestive problems. They, they removed two-thirds of his stomach. They removed two-thirds of his intestines surgically. And he was still inflamed. And they, they just were determined to keep putting him on medications and remove segments of his intestines. And he was just not having any luck with it at all. So long story short, as we worked together, and I put him on a specific nutrition program that he followed very well. And as a, as a matter of course, within six months, he was pain-free. He was inflammatory and anti-inflammatory. He was completely safe. No, no, more, no more symptoms whatsoever. He was perfectly fine, healthy as could be. But he worked hard to get there. He told me a story about when he went to his physician. He went to visit his physician. And his physician he told his physician, I, I don't know what you guys are doing here, but I went to this nutritional doctor, and my, my symptoms are completely clear. I've never felt better in my life. And he said, Frank, why don't you just take the medication and eat whatever you want? When I heard that story, I just thought to myself, that is, that is classically what's wrong with medicine these days. That is classically what's wrong with it. So I think it's really important to, to realize that we're part of a systemic culture where, whereby we've been programmed to believe that medicine is the key. And we're programmed to believe that the, in the, what I call the purple pill mentality, that if, if we take the pill, life gets better, symptoms go away. The problem with that is medications often breed symptoms. They often produce side effects that are worse than the condition that you started with. So you've got, you got symptomatic problems that, are, that crop up from side effects. And, you, and as we said a few minutes ago, you're not getting to the root of the problem. You're actually working around the problem. Doctor, I'm one of those people who usually gets laughed at by my physicians. I, I don't like to take any medication. I don't even like to take Tylenol. I agree with you that there are things that we can be doing to move away from being medicated as the first course of action. And I know that you're a big proponent that food is medicine. And, and I've heard you state that seven of the leading 10 causes of death are directly related to diet and nutrition. That gives us so much power. And I know you were talking about, you know, what's broken in our, in our medical system, but it just seems to me like that should be the headline news that's being shouted from all the rooftops. Well, the, the, the news that gets shouted from the rooftops is, is, is the news that's paid for. And I think that there is a tremendous power, the pharmaceutical, the pharmaceutical industry. I think the pharmaceutical industry governs a lot of what the criteria is in medical school. I think a lot of the, a lot of the um, things that young doctors are studying are sanctioned by, if not, if not written by, the pharmaceutical industry. So the curriculum is very heavily influenced by, by, by the pharmaceutical industry. I think that the, the power of the pharmaceutical industry determines what the news is, what the belief system is, to, to an extent. I think people are starting to, to educate themselves, they're starting to become a little bit more clear about the, the truth of the story. But I think that up until this point, and even still now, there's a very powerful hand, an iron hand on controlling the information, dissemination of information in the news by the pharmaceutical industry. So I don't think that it's that easy for the average person to, to, to contend with because I think by and large, the average American is, is very cooperative and they believe in, in, their, in the systems that, that govern them, so to speak. And I think by and large, they, they accept but there's a system of living in this country that's, that's designed to, to, to be supportive, to be sensible, and help them and, and live and 
the, the way in which they determine to live their lives. But I don't think that, that it's the way it used to be. I think that people are starting to turn away from the establishment right now because there's there's less trust in the fact that they've, they've known people, they've been friends with people, family members or perhaps even themselves who've had problems with pharmaceutical medicines. They've actually made them worse or, or, or worse yet. I mean, there are people that die from pharmaceutical medicine. 130,000 people a year die from pharmaceutical prescriptive medicine. So it's the eighth leading cause of death. It's called iatrogenesis. That's according to the University of Arizona. So the, the bottom line of it is medicine isn't as safe as people think it is, and it's certainly not as safe as they used to believe it. So I think they're starting to have more of an awareness about what's going on with that. And again, I think that the key is prevention is, 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 the, is the situation we need to focus on here because two, two aspects of medicine, prevention and, and um, intervention. So I think what we're dealing with right now is for the most part intervention. Now, there's, no, there's no emphasis on prevention per se by the government, by the, by the general factors of government in the country. And I think that for the most part, we're, we're looking to wait until something happens and then be given a prescription to make it go away. So, Doctor, in your new book, The Way of Miracles, you contend that we have the power to create miracles by accessing our superconsciousness. What is our superconsciousness? Well, we have different levels of consciousness in our mind that produce a variety of different states, states of mind. So we have the conscious mind. The conscious mind is our day-to-day awareness, your eyes are open, you're going about your daily business. And the conscious mind produces 2,000 bits of information per second. That's pretty remarkable. So the conscious mind can actually process 2,000 bits of information per second. Remarkable. The subconscious mind can produce 400 billion, 400 billion bits of information per second. So the, the subconscious mind and the unconscious mind are deeper states of awareness, deeper states of consciousness. They, they run into um, a very deep source that we have. So I say we have, we have an energy where everything's energy. You know, there's, everything's 99.9% energy. And we think of everything as matter, as material basis, as physical. It's not. It, it was Dr. Heisenberg, Dr. Warner Heisenberg in 1937 said that everything is 99.999% energy. It looks like matter. So we are energy and we have a deep source of energy from within our core. You can call it a soul. You can call it an energetic source. You can refer to it with anything you're comfortable with. But I think we have this core self, this core being within ourselves. It has far greater capability, far greater capacity to have wisdom, knowledge, to access deeper awarenesses, to transcend common thinking. So I think we have two two general states of mind. I mean, we have unconscious, subconscious, superconscious, and conscious. But I think it breaks down into two major factors. Superconscious mind is your deeper self, like I said a minute ago, that's capable of intuiting and reasoning at deeper levels. I think when we com- when you combine that with what I refer to as God consciousness, universal consciousness, because again, there's, there's, there's consciousness. The universe is consciousness. Let's, let's say that first of all. The other thing is we don't have consciousness. We are consciousness. And the other component to that is when we, when we merge our consciousness with universal consciousness, I think that's when we reach our superconsciousness. Again, it's... It, it's like when you go into meditation in deeper states. Brainwaves. Think about brainwaves. Beta brainwaves are like when you're, you're in your conscious mind. You're driving through traffic in the morning on your way to work. You're kind of nervous and stressed out because the traffic is, is nasty and all that stuff. That's, that's, that's consciousness, and that's actually the, the beta brainwave state. Beta brainwaves are kind of tense. Then we have alpha brainwave states. That's meditative. When you're first falling asleep at night, when you first wake up in the morning, in that kind of dreamy state, that's alpha brainwaves. That's, that's a very fertile state to learn, to grow, to meditate, to relax lower your blood pressure, et cetera, et cetera. Then you have delta states. Delta states are the states that I believe we need to attain to. It's deeper than meditation. Like when you go into meditation, you reach alpha state, like meditative alpha states, and you keep going deeper with it. 
that's when you reach delta. Delta brainwave states are less than four cycles per second. And that's when the brain actually slows way down the tension, the nervousness, the monkey brain, the Buddhist call, it becomes, becomes, it's gone. So you lose the monkey brain, that nervous chatter brain that's so obsessive and so intensely distracting. And you lose that. When you lose that, you have far greater capacity to concentrate on deeper levels and to come up with much deeper answers. So when we can tap into those deeper levels, how then does that heal us physically, whatever challenge we may be facing? Well, first I'd say that it, is, it enables us to tap into um, the way to heal. So it taps into miracles. And again, miracles, to me, I don't think miracles, it's like we're sitting around at the bus stop waiting for miracles to pull in the driveway. I think the key of miracles is we need to go to where they are. They're not going to come to us. You can reject miracles. You can accept miracles. You can expect miracles or even create miracles. So I say you want to you want to engage your, your volition, you want to engage your, your higher will, you want to believe that you have the power to make miracles happen, you go to them by reaching deeper states. And going into deeper states with a confidence, you manifest at a much higher level. That's how manifest happens. When you go into higher states and you become positive and de- determined in a positive way to do great things and wonderful things, I think we're, we're, we're capable of doing that. I mean, I've done that in my work for 37 years and 60,000 appointments. We've had so many miracles in this place. It's just, just crazy. We have them every week, every week. And truly remarkable experiences. And we have interns that come in and work with us, and we have associates come in and work with us, and they see, you know, they're, they're nurse practitioners and whatnot, and they see what we do. And it's just it's undeniable. It's very powerful. And I find my, my, the book, The Way Miracles Book and The Way Miracles Movie, uh, the movie and the book tell the stories about what we've done with patients and great stories, great miracle stories, and how do, how, how do we make them happen? Because my goal, was to make sure that I conveyed to the, to the world at large that we have had this remarkable capacity to make miracles happen, and I think there's a way to it, and that's, that's what our book and movie are about, teaching people the way to make miracles, going to deeper places, and, and tapping into this higher source energy, puts us in the, in, the, in the plane, the field of existence with miracles. So that's number one. Number two, I want to say one other quick thing, that by going into these deeper states, your nervous system just said a minute ago calms down significantly which is better for your cardiovascular system, your neurological system, your immune system, your adrenal glands, et cetera, et cetera. So you, in terms of fight or flight, you're moving more into a parasympathetic dominance. There are two nervous systems, sympathetic and parasympathetic. And I think the key to parasympathetic is just the relaxation response. It's the, the clarity response, and that's the important place to, to, to arrive at if you want to strengthen your nervous system, your cardiovascular center. Doctor, in your book, you share a personal story, and you say you have miracles in your office all the time, but you personally experienced a miracle as well. And when you were dealing with this crisis, and and I would love for you to maybe share a little bit about that with our listeners, you said something that I found to really hit home in my own life. You said, my spirit had been diseased for so long that my body was now riddled with disease. And and I know, you know, the work that I'm doing, it, it's to connect the mind, body, spirit, because when we have a physical challenge, we tend to think that it is, it's just physical, but we don't understand that the spirit has a role in that. And, and those words, you know, I, I think that, that there really aren't truer words that can be said. Well, first of all, I, I firmly believe that separation is an illusion. I think we are all wired together. So I think our, our body, mind, spirit are all one thing. They're not, they're not several different things that are just compartmentalized. I think they're all one energy field. And they support each other. 
they create each other and they they flow through they flow through and, and, and with each other as well so in my experience you know four and a half years ago I, I met a producer in New York the producer is Christina Bertilla Bresson she's the producer of our film The Way of Miracles I was introduced by my one of my sons Christina met and we worked hard many a weekend for the better part of three and a half years trying to pull this film together on paper and trying to plan it out and and decide what, what our message was going to be and how we were going to map out the message, et cetera. So we worked pretty hard during that experience. And again, the key is I was looking forward to, to picking on several patient stories, six, five or six patient stories. They're truly remarkable miracles, truly, truly amazing situations that, that are so transcendent that the average person is going to watch this film and just be absolutely blown away by it. So we, we put the film together right in the middle of the experience. I contracted Lyme disease. I have a dear friend who died from Lyme disease, but at the same time that I contracted it. And Lyme disease kills people. I mean, there's 330,000 new cases every year. It's a potentially life-threatening condition. It's a bacterial in- in- infection that, that rages, and there's no there's no simple cure for the process. There's no simple way to treat it. Um, and the type of Lyme that I have is neuroborrelia. So my nervous system is, was inflamed profoundly. My joints, my muscles, my ligaments, my tendons. I couldn't walk. I was unable to walk after a while up to the point where I was falling to the ground consistently. And I really, I became, became paralyzed for the better part of two and a half weeks. It's a horrible situation, terrible, terrible situation. I was in the bathroom floor for 14 hours because I'd fallen and hit my head in the tiles on the floor. I knocked over some bathroom chemicals, cleaning chemicals, and I, was, I couldn't move myself. So I was inhaling the cleaning chemicals and swallowing them, and it was just a horrifying experience all the way. So after 14 hours of that, hell. I actually asked myself if I wanted to live because I thought to myself I could be paralyzed for the rest of my life and I had to determine whether I'm prepared to live in a, in a paralyzed state. It's a horrible situation, to say the least. And I didn't know the answer to the question because I was that, I was that destitute lying on that bathroom floor. And I sat about halfway into that question, about 25, 30 minutes later, I started screaming for help. And by, the fact that I was, by the mere fact that I was yelling for help, I learned that I wanted to live. I learned that I wanted to continue. So that was my miracle. It was my miracle that I became determined at that point to turn my life around, to completely regain my, my faculties, to get my strength back, to, to get my balance back, to get my, my strength back in my legs, my, my muscles, joints, ligaments, tendons, et cetera, to rid myself of the pain and to overcome the suffering that I went through. And I, and I did that. I did that. I worked really hard through that process. I worked spiritually. I worked mentally. I became deeply programmed to recover. Um, and I, I took a number of different supplements that I'm very familiar with that, are, that were very helpful, and I, and I reached a complete recovery. So that was my miracle. And, and surprise, surprise, and like I said a minute ago, I was waiting to talk about six other miracles. That's what my movie and my book were about. But the, the first chapter in the book is called My Unexpected Miracle, and we bumped that to the front of the book and after that that event happened. And that that's um, a very powerful detour that we had to take, and it made, made the book a very different kind of book altogether and different different kind of story in the film as well. The book is The Way of Miracles, Accessing Your Superconsciousness. If you'd like to get more information about Dr. Mancola and his work, you can visit markmancola.com. Doctor, in our final moments, what's a takeaway? What would you like to leave our listeners with? You are not what you think you are. You're radically different than you've been led to believe. You have infinite power. You have unlimited access to power that you could actually cultivate and implement it on a moment-by-moment, day-to-day basis. You have remarkable powers to heal, to produce miracles, and to do it 
consistently on an ongoing basis. It's important that you become opened up to and aware of and awakened to and conscious of the level of perfect energetic capacity that they actually lend themselves to miracle making. So you are miracle makers. You're not who you think you are. Inspire yourself to reach beyond your grasp and to become the miracle makers that you were designed to be. Dr. Mancola, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided is the opinion of our guest and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on our site, listen to past shows on demand, read the digital magazine, sign up for our mailing list, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in.